Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is My Truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, I spoke with Travis Rummo. Travis is a singer, songwriter, drummer, um, just released his debut album. And we talked about the process of that, everything that went into that. And, you know, Travis has been a good friend of mine for, you know, several years now. Uh, and was, this is a project I was very excited for it to come out and uh, have really enjoyed listening to it since it's been out. And it was good to talk to him about his process. Some of it I was privy to beforehand, just being friends. Some of it I had no idea about, so it was cool to hear how this all came about. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Travis Romo. I'm superstitious and I don't delete the files until the episode's up. Yep. Not even that it's it's not that big a deal, but there have been like two occasions in six years of doing this where he's like, ooh, do you still have that? And I was like, <laughs> the first time. So, um, and I usually, I used to have a backup on my, it, it basically comes down to I'm technologically like <laughs> I'm a, a caveman. Yeah. Because... I could easily send it to him electronically, mm-hmm. but I don't, my laptop, the Wi-Fi is completely gone on it. So nice. it's basically an isolated computer now. Cool. So it's basically just a hard drive. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like, I use my phone for everything. Yeah. I never use my computer. So. Right. That's fair. And I'm just like, yeah, I could get a new laptop and they're not even that expensive now. Yeah. It's like two, three hundred dollars. Yeah. But I was like. That's, you know, I'm like, that's like 20 action figures. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so do you snail mail or deliver? No, I physically have to go. And then I hand him this. There's a cable with it. Plugs that plugs in. Plugs it in, pulls the files off. And then, um, so that's why I was like, because we're actually recording, you know, like I, I told you, we're recording tomorrow. So, because I went over there on Friday morning to give him files for two different podcasts cast episodes and i was like well this will i'll have another one because because at this point we don't record uh, like post pandemic it's we're not on the same schedule we used to be mm-hmm. and it's funny because he used to have a ton of free time we didn't and now because he's uh, um his musical obligations, which I, I'm not going to talk about on here only because it's not my thing to tell, yep. uh, but he's, he's super busy. Yep. Uh, so like trying to find time for that. But anyway, speaking of music, terrible segue. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. You, yeah. So you just put out your first solo album. Yeah. Are we calling it an album? I don't an know. EP? It's, 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 I don't, I never, I had to Google literally the definition of LP, like EP. Yeah demo or yeah. like like weird like limited release I'm like, I think it's like you, 22 minutes right it's you call it know. whatever you want well I mean like I've just been calling it a project sure I think project is like very broad sure but an um, album just sounds cool yeah no I it's agree very cool. and it's well and it's funny because I've heard people refer to EPs that they also call EPs and they're like this album and I'm like eh. I mean so going back with because those terms came about during vinyl records. Right. Yep. And so um, 
so like people a lot of people refer to to albums as LPs mm-hmm. which is short for long player mm-hmm. EP is extended player which to me sounds longer yes, than a long player but it's but not, it's not. <laughs> and it's funny because like England has very specific rules about EPs mm-hmm. it can only be three or four songs it's so weird it, if it's two songs it's a single if it's five or more songs it is considered an album okay um because like the <laughs> so i have an album out in the uk you do cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Your debut album <laughs> in the fantastic. uk well and, uh, and and it has very little to do with length cuz like the misfits most of their albums mm-hmm. which are like 10 to 12 songs mm-hmm. are like 22 minutes long cuz the, all the songs are like a minute and yeah, a half right. long um i mean i remember the first ramones cd i ever bought was there are these out-of-print compilations called All the Stuff and More, mm-hmm. Volume 1 and Volume 2. So All the Stuff and More, Volume 1, had their first two albums, plus the B-sides from the singles, all on one CD. And it was like legitimately like 38 tracks, but it's still like 65 minutes yeah. long. So it's all it's all relative. It just seems, yeah, I kind of was looking into it. I'm like, this is just silly. Yeah. I'm just going to either say project or album. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if someone, I'm like... I felt like not punk rock enough to be like my EP or my LP. Like I sure. feel like going to shows when I was younger. I was always like, yo, we've got a new LP coming out. Right. I have no clue what that yeah. means. No, I mean, <laughs> like I, music. It's, a, it's an album. And especially because I think, at least from my generation, the, the term EP sort of had the connotation of like leftovers or like a, something thrown together. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, these two songs were from this. This song's from this. Here's a remix. Here's a yep. li- here's a live track, uh, where like I feel like an album is more like a cohesive statement, which this definitely feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's got, I had to write it down. I know I've said it before, but so it's called "Someday This Pain Will Be Useful." To you, to you, to you, <laughs> to you. I even Scott. I even was looking at it, wrote <laughs> it down, and didn't. Right. Jesus, yeah. I'm glad I. Yeah. It's fine. Um, which. So did you have, the, I'm always interested about the process of, you know, creation in general, but projects. What At what point in it did you have the title? Did you know that was going to so be the title? So I started to give you kind of the whole backstory uh, right after high school. So it was like 2014, right after I graduated high school. Yeah. I uh, was working in Dover, living in Kensington. Yeah. Working in, Do- uh, working in Dover at a farm stand. And... I was just like 18. I didn't mm-hmm. really know like what I was doing. I didn't go to school. I had to watch a lot of my friends go to school. So I felt right. like it was just different. College. Very, yeah, yeah, going yeah, to yeah. college. Yeah, it was just like very different and like didn't know like what I wanted to do. And I knew what I wanted to do. I was like really passionate about filmmaking at the time. Yeah. So I was like, how can I make this my life? And I just sure. felt very stuck. And I, then I crashed my car. And I had like a really weird moment where it's like I can't afford to do anything. Sure. So it's like how am I ever going to afford to do Right my dreams if I can't even afford to fix my car. Sure. And I started writing um, lyrics on receipt paper. Like when you do feed and you right, right. receipt paper yep. out. Started writing lyrics on that and I was like, this is pretty cool. And that song ended up being Attack, mm-hmm. which was about what, eight years ago at this point now. Oh, I didn't realize that was that old. Yeah, so, so. that's about, it was about eight years ago. Yeah. Um, the title came, I think, a year later. Um, 
It was actually in an episode of The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Uh, the character named Deanna, she's sure. di- she's dying, and she has this whole community, and she has all these blueprints, and on the blueprints is a is a sentence in Latin. Yeah. And one of the characters is like, "What does that mean?" And it says, "Someday this pain will be useful nice. to you." And I always thought that was so cool, and like the Latin, it came from the Latin term. I can't, I don't, I don't even want to butcher it. Mm-hmm. Um, look it up. But it was cool. I like sat with me for like a very long time. Nice. And I wrote it down and I had it just on all like my social medias just so I never would forget it. Yeah. And I guess as I got older, the more I like really understood yeah. what that means. Sure. It was interesting that you took the name of a music project from that character in The Walking Dead because she's actually named after the Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds song, Deanna. Oh, so it's perfect. Kind of a, that kind of a, all you know, ties back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, it's funny. I've had, um, you know, a th- you know, years and years and years ago, like legitimately like 25 years ago when I was in a band, you know, I, yeah, I was a singer in the band. I wrote lyrics and there were songs that I wrote that like, I barely like remember writing them. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, some of the lyrics that I wrote when I was like 21, mm-hmm. 20, I was like, oh, this actually means more, like ties in with my life now way more than anything that I had to do. And I wasn't like, I was, not not to say that I was like a very like deep writer. I'm just like, it's weird how like things that like you observe, I don't know, when I was younger i always wanted to be like perceived as older than i was like wiser or whatnot and it's funny because like now not that i want to be younger but like certainly a lot of my activities my my hobbies and stuff like that like when people find out how old i am they're like oh geez dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah like whatever yeah whatever uh yeah no i totally relate to that like when i wrote i mean eight years ago writing attack as an 18 year old kid yeah and then going to record it as a 25 year old person sure i was like well this is still so relevant yeah. to my life and how yeah. i feel right now especially coming out of a very traumatic 2020 yeah. in a lot of different ways for everybody and why what happened in 2020 i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well you'll read about it someday right oh you're talking about the uh, the brush fires in australia of yes. course yep yeah it's fun. i actually i only bring that up because i was reminded last night i had some family <laughs> friends over and they were talking i did a portrait of them and they're like we still have that koala painting you did and i was like oh right because i took part in a thing at the like in like february of 2020 to like and i donated the money to the the brush fire relief fund Mm -hmm. and then it's crazy to me to think that that was in 2020 because that feels like it was like five years ago but like it's very much a pre-pandemic post-pandemic like Mm -hmm. time warp we all live in yeah so yeah um because you you released Attack as a single last year. Yeah, March. It was actually on my birthday, March 30th, 2021. Oh, so it was like, it was like 18 months ago yeah, now. Yeah, it was yeah. a while ago. Well, because I looked on, because the digital music format that I use, Amazon Music, because yep. I'm a dinosaur. That's fine. And uh, <laughs> I looked, and it just has the, like, the current thing, it shows when the release date mm-hmm. was, but everything else, it just shows the release year, and it was oh, weird. 2021. Um, is, is the, the single mix of a, like, is it mixed differently 
It is mixed okay. a little differently. Yeah. When we so when we made attack, so we I say we, me and my buddy Jake Bartholand, he's yeah. out of Concord, he's a singer songwriter. He's also an incredible guitarist, vocalist, yeah. producer. Um, when I realized I wanted to make attack after eight, almost eight years, I mm. was like, I want to talk to Jake. Sure. And I want to figure this out with him. So we'd be going to Concord and we recorded everything and we had the album wasn't even it was definitely in my mind, but yeah. it was something I didn't even want to I was like, I just want to get this out. Yeah, it was the yeah. first thing I wrote. Yeah. So we made attack and then when we were making the album this summer, we were like, we should probably go back and maybe mix it differently just so it sounds sure. cohesive with everything else. Right. Um, but it is mixed a little different, just a little differently. Yeah. Well, and it was only slight because I, you know, in the last couple of days, I've listened to the album a few times and like, and I mean, just, just the flow of the album, like Dark Blue literally flows right into mm. it, um, which obviously Attack was your first single. So it was, didn't have something preceding it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I was listening to it, I was like. I feel like it's the same recording. It's just a, a different mix. Yep, but, just a little bit. Yeah. And we also had to, I mean, for reasons, we had to obviously mix it differently because of dark, the, the mm. addition of Dark Blue mm-hmm. and that transition. Yeah. We're like, okay, we kind of have to, which just ended up coming out great. Yeah. And I wanted that transition for so long. Yeah. Before we even recorded Dark Blue in my head, I was like, I really want like, because I love Blink-182. Yeah. And I always thought their albums were so cool, how they sure. just like blended right into each other. Yeah. So I always wanted to do that. So it was really cool. It's fine. I forgot about your car crash because I was actually going to ask about that because I was like, you, you make references twice on this album about wanting to crash your car, yeah. and I was like, do I need to take your keys away from? You? <laughs> yes, and they were the same car. <laughs> right, it was the same car. Yeah, yeah. I like, you drove a beat red. You probably remember that car. I drove a beat red Pontiac Grand Am oh, yeah. two door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was awesome. That was. That was a great. How car. long ago was your car crash? That was like. I was... Because you weren't working at the farm stand still, were you? No, I was no. out. I went to the other farm stand. I was at two different farm oh, stands, okay. uh, but not with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was in Dover when I... I was on my way to work when I crashed my car. Which farm stand in Dover did you work Tender at? Crop. Oh. Yeah. I know that. I think I did. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It was I, a whole different lifetime ago. Uh, yeah, I, I always, like, bring back, like, I don't know why, like, crashing my car for some reason, like, felt so, like like it pushed me forward for some weird reason well like, i, I mean, was fine like it, nothing bad happened sure but it's a traumatic it's interesting uh i've been having been in several car crashes <laughs> myself um uh luckily none while i was driving but um nice. it is a very strange thing i don't know especially because like we rely on our cars so much mm-hmm. that like I don't know. I just, you know, just having, you know, if you have to put your car in a garage, you know, to have work done, like it's an inconvenience, but then like, I don't know, like it almost feels like an extension of yourself has like been taken away or like incapacitated. Yeah. You feel very like stuck, like literally stuck. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think a lot of, when you said traumatic, a traumatic moment where I feel like a lot of traumatic moments kind of drove this whole project forward yeah where it was so long ago that like i with the car crash road attack and then just like things throughout my life for the past yeah. few years that made me really want to like sit down and actually make the album sure what um so how's the songwriting process um with your what's his name jake 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 yep. and I've, I've i'm pretty sure i've met him before i think you have too yeah um 
so you had the lyrics to attack written, but did you like, had you composed the music? Did you have the melody? Like how did that work? So how, that's how the, that... the thing we kind of struggled with the hardest. And that's why I, I applaud Jake so much for bearing with me was I would have the lyrics down and I basically was like, okay, this is how in my head, how all these sound. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a drummer. I've never, mm -hmm. I don't know how to read sheet music, play guitar. Right. I don't know any of that. Yeah. So it was like, all right, this is how it sounds. And this is the drums. Mm -hmm let's fill the rest in and that was probably the reason why it took us so long yeah because i basically had to lean on him and be like help me figure this out sure. because i literally don't know how to yeah um but i would basically write a song in my head be able to perform it out loud yeah and then we'd have to just kind of add things here and there yeah. where he's like okay logistically that doesn't make any sense right let's add maybe another line here kind of move this here right and then we just we usually would start with um a drum take he would do a guitar take just so we have like skeletons right and then do a vocal take and then build it from there yeah but we uh, did that with every song so it definitely took a long time so you played the drums on this as well yep it was interesting because i was that's what i thought but i was thinking about it and i was like and i i kind of figured that was the process which to me like you know working visually i'm like it's basically like like creating a human form you're like here's the skeleton the drums and here's the skin on yep. the outside. Yep. Now I need you to do all the organs and the, the muscle yep. tissue to see what this person looks like. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. yeah. And I, again, he, I told him, I said, you're just as much a part of this project as I am. Mm -hmm. Because he, if he wasn't a part of this, I don't think it would come out yeah. as nearly as amazing as I think it came out. Yeah. Because he did, he sweat his ass off on it. Yeah. Um, and you... You released, when did you release Heartache? Was that on your birthday this year? No, that was July. Okay, I was gonna say, year. I thought it was more recent. Yeah, July this year. Yeah. Yeah, and that was fun. That was something we just, well, I was like, I wanna write, that was actually the second song I wrote after Attack yeah. around eight years ago. Um, I, like, I just wanna write like a fun song. Sure. Something fun that sounds, I did not just fart. That was the chair, if anyone caught that. That was nuts. I <laughs> did just fart into Travis's bed, which I'm sitting on. It was <laughs> silent, it. but on. I didn't. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Heartache, we were just like, I just want to do something fun. Yeah. And I have never really played with a band before, mm -hmm. or like played live shows. So I was like, this would be really fun to do live. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that, like with the album, like what, how are these songs going to be played live? And sure. Like, how are we going to present it live? And this yeah. was one, I was like, this would just be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's funny because you said that because like I've actually um, just over the past couple weeks um, started to put the wheels in motion for a recording project that I've long had in my head. But, you know, I'm working with I, I'm doing a similar thing to you, but different. But I'm also working with a ton of collaborate. So it's basically it's and it's going to be an EP, hopefully the first in a series of like three. Mm -hmm. But each song is with a different group of people and some of them uh i'll be recording live with but some of them like live like hundreds and one thousands of miles away so it's going to be like that's cool they're doing stuff and i and i did a project a while ago like that that unfortunately my collaborator um for that project isn't around anymore mm -hmm. so because we were trying to work on a second thing and during that process, he passed away. But um, sort of what got me, it got me inspired to kind of do it twofold was like uh, 
listening to this, like I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get this done. So, so thank you for like sort of lighting a fire under yeah. my ass. Gotcha. But also was like, <laughs> oh, I want to do some of these songs live, and I was like, what? Well, I, I want to have the recording done before I, right. you know, and, and that's part of the reason I'm doing it as an EP as well, because it's easy to do or easier to do five tracks um, than to be like, all right, here's 12 songs. Yeah. Which is what was nice about this project is that it was originally eight mm. and we ended up coming down to six. And I was very, felt very nice. Like six is comfortable. Sure. And it was just already a lot of work. It was almost six months of work. And then obviously with Attack, it was probably like in heartache. It ended up being like, eight months of work yeah in total i was like oh, if we did any more just be exhausting sure it was so much work and he's also jake plays shows full-time all summer right so he was on his days off and on my days off we right. were working on yeah. this so it was just like, we were both exhausted yeah it's funny how um like how music's released now as opposed to when i was your Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I think of, so like when I first started buying music, which people don't really do anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was in high school and like the, the album that I think of was like at the time, like blew my mind, um, for many reasons was uh, blood sugar, sex magic by the red hot chili mm-hmm. peppers, which it's 17 songs. It's like 67 minutes of music or whatever, so long. which and at the time, I, you know, because they, they were basically like, all right, a CD can roughly hold 75 minutes worth of music. Right. Let's fill as much of that as we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when Metallica released Load, there was a sticker on the cover. It said 78 minutes, yeah. 59 seconds. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, just because you can doesn't mean you, you, you should. Yeah. To. <laughs> um, and it's funny because, like, you know, Metallica in particular gets a lot of flack for their you know stuff from the 90s onward and i'm like if you had trimmed like four of these songs off you would have had a really really lean solid album i mean it's fine for what it is but um and nowadays you know people like releasing a six song thing is not like that's not strange like the way people consume music is totally different Mm -hmm. it is mostly an individual song and i can't imagine being a full-time artist spending you know 18 months two years working on a project for you know to create 10 to 12 songs put it out people digest it they're like oh these three songs are great okay when's your next thing coming out you're like like, no i just yeah i just just spent spent my entire life working on this so and that's a perspective that i've definitely gained over the past few years like trying to be patient with mm-hmm. artists, especially like obviously pandemic time too is a little right. different. But yeah, it's like try to like like appreciate what you have when you get it right. and like wait. Yeah. And I'm trying to do that still. I'm like just I'm excited about the release. I'm but I'm trying so hard not to like jump forward. Right. Because I'm like I want to do more. I want to do sure, more. Sure. I'm like I just need to spend the time to enjoy this because it's sure. so long in the making. Yeah. That I'm trying to like live in this moment. And you're like okay, this is good. Yeah. This is enough right now. <laughs> I'm well, okay with that. And it's interesting, you know, because I watch a lot of like music documentaries, stuff like that, and particularly bands that have had decades of, you know, uh, creativity. Um, it's funny. You'll see like, know, I've been on a Black Sabbath kick recently and like, so they did eight albums with Ozzy Osbourne as the vocalist mm-hmm. and like 
their first album came out in like I think it was either 68 or 69 the eighth album that they did with Ozzy was 82 it was like 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 their first like their first two albums both came out in the same year Mm -hmm. their second two albums came out in the same like it's crazy that's nuts and those are the albums that you know 45 50 years later people are like oh these are classics Mm -hmm. but then whenever they're talking about them they're like talk us through the creative process they're like that time was a whirlwind i don't remember we just put out a record we toured for two months then the label's like get back in the studio put out another record insane i'm just like that's exhausting i can't even imagine and that you know and also like i mean the the album that i was listening to the other day was um sabbath bloody sabbath which is their fifth album and it was like no it is their fifth album no it was um yeah but i was talking about it uh and i was like well people only talk about the downside of cocaine but like because like i I had seen an interview with them and they were just like oh we were using so much blow at the time they're like they're like we were out of our fucking minds because we just came off tour and had no energy so they're like we legitimately like we carried cocaine around in um, lunch boxes because we just Christ. had, so, and they're just. I'm just like also making music back then was just a lot harder. Sure, like just the whole process was so much more difficult. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to pump out that much in that little time, yeah. is disgusting. Yeah, like, it's it's brought to you by yeah. cocaine. It's just it's insane, and yeah, especially because like they don't have the you know computers to be able mm-hmm. to do stuff, and like like that record like. Tony Iommi, the guitar player, like taught himself how to play the flute. Like he bought one and was just like, (laughs) yeah, just one weekend. I just was holed up in the lobby of the hotel and just like bashed around with it. And like, it's on the record, but it's just, he's like, it's not correct how I'm playing it, but it's like this like iconic, like riff that he's playing on the flute just because he bought one. And he's just all bullshit. (laughs) It's like, awesome. All right. That's great. Um, Yeah. But it's, it, it is, it is strange how, that whole like creating stuff like people's expectations of it and as opposed to like what you're actually able to do and stuff like that so but also because in general people don't buy music anymore it's a lot like it takes a lot more I don't know like I don't know if dedication is the right word but it takes a lot more for an artist to actually create because they're not necessarily seeing the financial return on it or at least right. not right away yeah so you really have to be it has to be something that not to say that people in the 70s and 80s and 90s didn't love what they were doing as well but it was just it's much more of a i'm doing this because it's i have to do it not right. because you know it, it's <clears throat> it's fun to do it and we get to make money yeah and that's something that's so funny a lot of people are like oh my god like where's the rent? like how are you getting revenue i'm like i literally have no idea yeah it doesn't really matter right I'm like this is just something i wanted to do sure and because it's like felt like you said i feel like i have to do it right and it would be like a, not like a disservice to myself if i didn't sure through with this yeah absolutely and i think a lot of people should feel that way about their music or their art or anything sure like just do it because you want to do it yeah well and that's i've talked to some people about podcasts because and certainly i'm not any sort of expert you know it's just you know but some people just because i've been doing it for a while they're like oh well i've been thinking about doing it but i want to do that like people like i need to find the angle or i need to find and i'm just like 
just talk about what you're passionate about and people who are interested in that will gravitate towards it. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't know. Cause for me, I see, I personally, when I listen to podcasts, I don't care about the production value nearly as much as like, is this something that this person is knowledgeable and or passionate about? For sure. Um, because if it's, if it feels like they're doing it because they're like, well, this is something that I know I'm going to get listens or clicks or whatever, right. be, you know, not because I love it, then I'm just like, I don't, I don't really care. Cause there's literally whatever you're interested in. I guarantee you there's not only a podcast about, there's probably 30 podcasts about that subject. So I'd rather hear someone who's passionate about it. And the same thing really goes, I think for any medium, like do what, do what like speaks to you, what drives to you. And you're gonna like, don't chase the audience. The the you know the audience that you I, I think is really going to appreciate you is gonna gonna find what you're doing. Yeah, hopefully, for sure. Yeah. I think if they see how passionate you are about yeah. something, like people will gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of care you put into something, it makes other people want to care about it. Yeah. And I think it's like one of the coolest parts about just like again like to bring it back to this project, like how it's like six songs, very personal songs to me. Yeah, in like how much I care about what I'm talking about and seeing how many people understand yeah. how much I care about these songs and these things right. is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool that they, they, that they get it. Yeah. It's, it's very like reassuring. Nice. Nice. The, uh, going back to heartache for a second. Um, did you write it about a specific person? And do they know that this song is about, them? it is, it is about a specific right. person and they have no idea. All right. One person called me out on it. Yeah. And shout out to that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, they're like, it's about this person. Huh? I'm like, damn it. Yep. Like, yep sure damn, I didn't think anyone was going to figure that out. It's about me, isn't <clears> it? I wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was back when I was, you know, working with you and I was yeah, 16. Like, I was like, whoo. Got to put these feelings down on paper. <laughs> I was sweating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a couple songs on here that, that refer to specific people. Yeah. Um, some know, some don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's funny, I, you know, going back to when I was in a band, I, a lot of the songs that I wrote, particularly in the first couple of years of the band, were about my then recent ex-girlfriend, um, who was like my first serious relationship. Mm. And <clears throat> she knew most of the songs were about her. And it was funny because she would, she came to a bunch of our shows mm-hmm. and I would, <laughs> such a dick i would like i i you know, i was like hey this next song's about this girl oh right here God. and then like we'd launch into it and i was just like you're a monster yeah and that's awful and, and luckily she's you know she's still my friend to this day awesome. so it's just but i'm just sort of like oof that's a little that's a, that's little, a lot <laughs> yeah that's a little too earnest and whatnot and like that's something i've thought about like playing these songs eventually or i'm like oh man if these specific people are yeah. in front of me playing these songs i'm like i would yeah. not do what you did at all yeah but it'd be make it it just would make it that much more interesting yeah like no this is a, like you can write about a person or an event and then when it's like in front of you it's like yeah like, okay yeah there was um so we'll see Let's see how that goes i remember <clears throat> years ago um i had heard a, a live a perfect circle recording mm-hmm. and they have a song called three libras which you know it, it's not very direct what the lyrics are about but 
on this live recording beforehand manner it's like so this song's about you know relationships that don't work out and at least two if not three of these libras are in the audience tonight that's awesome and and so i was like all right so it's on other the recording people, which it's is on great the record- yeah yeah, yeah. i was awesome. just like all right so other people have done shit like that as yeah. well um that's I, awesome I, I made some notes let me see what I, uh so you uh, in dark blue you know there's several times where you you know you say mom and dad i'm sorry mm-hmm. do you want to elaborate <laughs> if you want to <laughs> yeah, sure no i think dark blue is a really really cool song um so to kind of give you the whole the whole piece of that's it. what opens the album yep it's yep. the album opener which i thought was i always thought of it as the album opener when mm-hmm. i wrote it um that's the i treat the song as two songs mm-hmm. so it's the first part that's just me with the with like the it's basically just your voice with very sparse yeah. instrumentation so i wanted to make it as so there's two different sides to the same song so the first half is i picture because i wanted to kind of tell a cohesive story with this project where dark blue is the beginning of it's like the kid in his room writing a song on it like it because you have that kind of toy piano sound right, right. So like a kid in his room um like when i think about me when i was 18 um the beginning i treated it as a goodbye letter mm. like it's like saying like all these good things like like the two halves of a goodbye so like the very earnest like very sad the like yeah like a goodbye and then the second part kicks in where it's like the anger sure trying to leave and like you're mad and you're upset that you want to not be around yeah and the whole the whole part of like mom and dad i'm sorry all my friends i'm sorry or dear myself i'm sorry is like letting everybody down mm. but also sorry that i'm leaving mm. which is why the transition into attack is so cool because it's that the attack to me is the leaving yeah where it's like i don't want to be here anymore right it's like never felt this way before and just leave getting out mm. Mm-hmm. And in the attack sense, it's literally being abducted by aliens. Sure. So sure. that's like the whole, and that's why the end of Dark Blue has those kind of sounds, those like spacey sounds. Right. It's like I always treat it as me getting taken, like sure. me going away. Sure. So that was kind of like the like a final goodbye. Yeah. Which is cool to start an album with a goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. So we're in for for those people not from the area listening. So we're in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, but we both grew up around Exeter, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. which has its own like um, storied history with like alien mm-hmm. abductions and stuff like that. Like, were you aware of that growing yeah, up? Def- I yeah, I mean, the the incident, the quote unquote abduction happened right down the street from my house. Okay. Like going from Kensington into Exeter. So right. I was like told that all growing up. Yeah. It ended up just working out that way. Well, it's funny cause like, you know, Exeter has like, they have like a UFO festival. Yeah. I don't know if it's every year or what. I think it's every summer. And yeah. then, I just discovered like two days ago and this is, it's weird. So I, I have a friend that I walk with semi-regularly. So like every other week, but like, like we'll switch. So like one time we'll walk in Exeter cause she lives in Exeter. And then one time we'll like walk around this area, mm-hmm. but we, and we have a, cause she lives up by Hannaford, like on Portsmouth Ave and, gotcha. but we'll end up walking into downtown. And we walk on Water Street, but we go behind. So the other day I'm in Exeter and I walk on Water Street. And there's like a little restaurant there that's like a very UFO centered thing. Oh. I had never seen it. And I, you know, went in and like asked them, I was like, how long have you been here? And they're like, 
like 18 months and I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, oh wait, every single time I've been down this way, like I've walked behind this sure. and then crossed the street. But yeah, yeah, it's it's just an interesting- That's like, cool. Yeah. Like a little homage to it, like a, yeah. like a niche. Yeah, That's I cool. mean, it's, it's all the decor is very like UFO and it's like very like 1950s sci-fi kind of That's like, cool. you know, they're certainly leaning into it, but like, I don't know, like, I don't know how much like pilgrimage to the area there is because of that, but mm. it's it's definitely something that's been like talked about the whole time growing up. Yep. Um, you got a swear word on this. I do. It's the only <laughs> swear on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny too because it's not even like overt, but yeah. Uh, um, I think that was the only thought. I had. <laughs> it uh, it uh, that wasn't even written either. I ended up doing that on the day sure. on the recording. Yeah. And I'm like, is that okay? you think it's okay if I swear mm-hmm. here? So fuck it. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. I was like, it just kind of, it's, it sounds good. Did you have to, so it's funny because like on Amazon music, it, you know, on the listing, it says sadistic in parentheses explicit. Yeah. Like, do you have, do you have to, like, was there paperwork you had to fill out when you're uploading it? Do they so just figure it out on their when own? When you're uploading, you have to kind of fill in the, fill in all the, the blanks. So it's like, I have to do like my artist name. You have yeah. to do the name of the song like the like who wrote the song and it says does this song contain any explicit right words and i'm like uh-huh it just so it just marks that one song sure. which is really cool does it break down like what they consider explicit like basically they use it at your discretion yeah i always wondered about that because there's i'll have some stuff um but i've thought about this because like so to those of you who don't know travis and i work together and um you know making mixes to listen to afterwards and there's some stuff I'll put on and it says explicit on it and I'm like what what do what they say what do they say? I'm like I know the lyrics to this song nothing's popping out and then I realized I was like oh like god damn is one of the I was like you know because there's a particularly there's a there's a Taylor Swift song that I've uh from folklore or evermore I don't remember which one but um and she says, oh, God damn, a bunch. And, and, but it's listed as an explicit. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, it's so funny because it just harkens back to our puritanical society. Because <laughs> yeah. that's still like, you can say cocksucker on TV now. Yeah. But like, God damn is one of the things that like you can't say. It's weird. You can say like after a certain hour on like network television you can say fuck yeah but you can't say motherfucker which is so which is such a weird because i'm like fun, you can say shit you can as say much shit as, you as much as you want <laughs> it's just so it's such a weird it's, fine line it's so weird because they're like the and like i've seen the verbiage breaking down like how like motherfuckers like well it insinuates uh, a sexual act with one's mother. I'm like, no one who says that is meaning says that, that. <laughs> like ever. Like that's not what no. that means. Um, but I just think it's funny that like, goddamn, because like societally, that's one of the least offensive like curses that you yeah. can say. But like, they're like, no, 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 it's against God. You can't it's say crazy. It. Yeah, but yeah. So, but then there's plenty of songs that I've seen online, like that I'm streaming. That don't say explicit that but are, have very bad words in mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, okay, so I'm like, does it really at the end of the day matter? Yeah, I guess I just did it for the discretion. Sure, no, whatever. No. I'm like, you know, it's only one swear the entire 22 minutes. I'm sure, like, it'll be fine. Sure, I was like, but I've, I'd feel bad if I didn't do it. I'm sure, like, no, no, I totally get that. Yeah, um, what's that? That never-ending road. Is that never-ending green? 
can't read really it. Same thing. Never ending. It looks like it was a crayon that gave out at the end. Uh, it pretty much. That's pretty much it. Because I was I was doing this at my art table at God I don't know eleven o'clock last night, and I was like, what do I have lying around? Bah, bah, bah. Yeah. Nice. Um, you got any got any thoughts on that one? Never ending green. Uh, yeah, it's like the only love song on the album. Yeah, it's very. It was a, at the time. I think it still might be my favorite thing I've ever written. I just thought it was so clever. Yeah, um, there's a lot of meaning that, to it. That's my. That's my. So that's my current favorite on that record. It's. It certainly feels like not that the album is overtly gloomy or anything, but it definitely feels like the bright spot mm-hmm. in the album. It's a, kind of the, like the. It was the newest song on the album that I've written. I wrote mm-hmm. it about three years ago, and I've been kind of tweaking it since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was during a. It's very. So the whole kind of cohesiveness of this album is like the beginning. It's like the goodbye, like the anger of leaving, getting out and being happy that I'm gone. Yeah. And then I, I kind of treat the rest of the album as of like memories. Yeah. Or like sadistic as a memory of like a certain like of like house parties when I was yeah, younger. Yeah. And then Never Ending Green is like remembering like falling in love. And mm-hmm. then Heartache is kind right. of the same thing, like all kind of going into each other where it's like thinking of the the good parts about being around. Right. And Never Ending Green was originally supposed to be just like sadistic, heartache, mm-hmm. very like drum, pop punk heavy. Yeah. And in the process, we were kind of like, I kind of feel like it would be nice to kind of take it back a minute and feel more personal. Yeah. And we were listening to a bunch of Third Eyed Blind, listening to some um, some Oasis. Mm-hmm. Like, we should make this like a 90s, like alt rock kind of sure. slow like a goo goo dolls kind of like song yeah and then he pulled out this guitar riff that like i fell in love with nice and, like we should turn this into like a true love song right where i'm not screaming for like two seconds right <laughs> yeah this song is awesome nice. i love it um yeah there's a lot of meaning to it nice yeah. and then obviously heartache is after that we yeah. talked about that um did you Like when you were going into like working on it as a recording, did you already know in your head like I want these songs in this order? I mean, you already said you know you want a dark blue to open, mm-hmm. um, and you know that leaning into um, attack. But did you did you have the whole running order in your head, or was it you know trying to figure out the flow of it? Yeah, I definitely had a list in my head of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I knew dark blue and attack were first. I always knew that, and I knew yeah. send me home was going to be the end. Sure. Um, and then it was kind of just however the songs felt yeah. uh, in the middle. I was like, however, kind of it makes more sense as a listener. So I'd play them all constantly. I'm like, does this flow the right way? Is it like because the first three songs I feel like are like boom, 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 right. very, very fast and yeah. very quick. And then kind of taking a pause with never ending green. Yeah. Going to the fun of heartache and to the very somber very slow said sure. so, uh send me home send me home it just made sense yeah I, like at the end of the day and there was again there were supposed to be two other songs on here and i'm glad we ended up taking them away just because yeah. it made the album seem it was a lot tighter in yeah. like a good way yeah so yeah i kind of had a list in my head going into it so send me home starts with a sample yep um is that you so it's funny a lot of people are saying that like oh that's you as a kid right so okay. that was that's my cousin Olivia. Okay. She was three, I believe, at the time. Yeah, that was the day my parents brought me home from the hospital. Oh wow! She was so excited yeah. that I was I was born, and she was more like my sister than my sure. cousin. We grew up very very close. We're only three years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, always like treated her as a sister than yeah. over a cousin. Um, 
but she was so adamant or my grandmother was so adamant that I was going to be a girl yeah which you know I was raised by so many different women sure. so like I'm like sure. she was adamant that I was going to be a girl and my cousin Olivia was adamant that I was going to be a boy yeah and uh, my grandmother, my name was going to be Morgan right. if I ended up being uh, a woman. Yeah. And she was like, Morgan's going to come home today. And she's like, no, Travis is coming home today. Yeah. And then they would do that forever. And then eventually I did come home. Right. And that video is my aunt filming. My, I think it was my aunt Tammy filming her, like running up to the car. Sure. My dad is like pulling me out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I went. Awesome. I had to go digging for that. I, I was wondering where you, where you got the where you got the uh the audio from yeah it's from a tape from a literally 26 years ago yeah it was uh, really cool and i didn't tell her i was doing it either so when she heard it she was really she yeah. was so pumped about it yeah uh it's it's also interesting i didn't know that you were going to be named morgan so i have two different friends who don't know each other who are both you know were um born male but I've transitioned to female mm-hmm. and they both chose the name Morgan. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of interesting. And it was funny too. I remember growing up in like grade school, there were three Morgans that I went to that were in my class. Yeah. So I was like, thank goodness. I'm like, sure. there would have been way too many of sure. us. Sure. Freeman was the oldest one, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. You're like, you're way too old to be in this <laughs> why class. Are you, yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. Um, so, when you when you were writing send me home did you did you always intend to bring back like lyrically and musically themes from other songs in the album no that was something that jake and i thought about while we were mm-hmm. we were in the process i was like i was because like, i originally when i was writing the song i wrote this a couple years ago and i didn't have a bridge yeah i was like i kind of we talked about we wanted it just to be this like beautiful instrument like instrumental piece mm-hmm. leading into the end to kind of like, give it like a final like a finality to the album. Sure, sure. Um, and it ended up working out with the kind of the story we were trying to tell with Dark Blue and Attack where it's like I'm leaving and I'm having all these memories and yeah. I'm coming back. Like Send Me Home is about my mom. Yeah. And it was very much like kind of like there's reasons to come back. So it's like if I'm gone mm-hmm. and being able to come home. Yeah. And it felt like all like playing all these songs in reverse too, yeah. from from the bottom to the top felt like going backwards. So yeah. it felt like coming coming home. Yeah. So that was kind of the goal and it ended up working out like insanely well. Nice. And originally when I wrote this song, I wrote it years and years ago. Yeah. It was originally I can't stand on my own, so please send me home. Sure. And then as I got older, I was looking at the song and I realized I was like, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I can't stand on my own. Right. And I ended up rewriting the song mm-hmm. and it ended up turning out so unbelievably well. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I know you personally, so I know, you know, what's what's gone on in your life and your family in the last uh, year, six months. Um, and we had talked a little bit about it that, you know, you changed some... I, I'm assuming this is the one that you also changed a little bit to kind of address your aunt Susan's passing. Um, And uh, we've talked about the cover and and the actual Mm -hmm. typography Mm -hmm. for the cover, but you want to talk about that? Yeah. So the the cover, the album cover is my my grandparents' farm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, and I think that's the first greenhouse he ever built. Yeah. It was all, it's all wood mm-hmm. versus the other ones aren't. Yeah. So that one is, it was just really cool to have that was that greenhouse was number four and it had all the herbs in it. Mm-hmm. So that was just such a, I always thought that one was so cool. Yeah. Um, and then the typography in all the greenhouses were all handwritten signs. Yeah. Were all like, all like, like thyme, oregano, all these did for all the plants. Mm-hmm. And I ended up taking pictures of all of them and plucking them out in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And it's all my aunt's handwriting. Yeah. So I took all that. I didn't want to change the integrity of the letters. So it was her handwriting. Right. Um, obviously just cleaned them up a little bit, but it's all true to her. It's all right. her handwriting. Yeah. So I thought putting that as the front of the album is really, really special. Yeah. Especially with the name. Like someday this paint will be useful to you. Yeah. Just felt very fitting. Yeah. Where that was kind of like... The title itself was for me, but I think with her handwriting on the cover in front of the greenhouse was very much for my family. Sure. So very felt like this was like for everybody. Yeah. Well, I had wondered about the title if, you know, when I had asked you before, I was like, I wonder if that was something that you already had or if it was, Mm -hmm. well, this sort of sums up not only this, but, you know, what's been going on. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how artistic things we do can take on different meanings after you know different events in our life so it literally just fell into place in a horribly tragic but like beautiful way sure where it was really hard but i'm like this kind of gives new breath to a new life to yeah what we're talking about and like what like the things i was writing about and added so much more to like this song send me home about literally about my relationship with my mom mm-hmm. where after my aunt passed i ended up moving home and mm-hmm. we ended up being able to like first time we had lived together in five years yeah so it was like again that kind of brought new like new um life to the song yeah and kind of added more which i and you're referring to the changes i made on the in the song but the last verse is about is specifically about her relationship and our relationship with my aunt sure yeah which you know you listening to it like you know it's a very it's a very personal thing you know um and you know you and i had talked so i knew that like your mom had your your blessing about the album cover and whatnot and, but you know just listening to it i was just like oh i'm sure this means an incredible amount to laura this mm. this song in particular mm. so yeah yeah she's obsessed with it <laughs> yeah i'm sure all the listens are all her hey whatever you and, know if, yeah it's something yeah. i ended up being very very proud of like never ending green is something that i was like i wrote this and i felt so good about it and it's like lyrically probably one of my favorite things i've ever written yeah but i catch myself listening to send me home probably a couple times a day nice. just because i think it's so it's just it ended up coming out beautifully yeah and everything oh. jake did with the layering and the in the with all the other songs in the medley coming through it was just like it just felt like the whole, all the project kind of landed so hard right yeah. at the end yeah it definitely uh feels like a summation of the whole project um you know i there, there's some other albums that i've you know listen to growing up that sort of like the the final track will bring like a musical reference back or you know two or three and i've always enjoyed that and it was just i was like oh this is this is really cool um and it's funny because i'll listen when i've listened to because i've probably listened to it about 10 times now and um you know uh when when heartache is playing i like it but it's almost like i'm like taking a pause during that song because I was like, all right, because the 
the like the finales coming up. So yeah. I'm just like, all right, this I can like relax in this because it's I can't like casually listen to send me home like i can't have it on in the background yeah. i'm just like i whatever i'm doing i'm you know it it's kind of stuff so funny because i feel the same way yeah where i will literally if i'm listening to it if i'm like either laying in bed or i'm in the car i literally have to be full attention to it sure i need to i always like want to appreciate it every time yeah and yeah i feel the same exact way yeah and it was it it was at first really weird going from this like pop ballad of heartache to literally such a somber very like bottom of the barrel song yeah but it still worked really well nice <laughs> and i think that sample definitely helps oh yeah the for transition sure. for sure um yeah semi home is definitely something that i has been a work in progress over yeah. the past few years but it just is i feel like at the end of the day is like the whole heart of the album yeah yeah right on yeah yeah i'm definitely looking for i mean i know i've heard a couple of these songs live but i now that this is out like I'm definitely looking forward to like when eventually you're able to perform yeah. them. And, We're working on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if someone's listening to this hasn't heard the record, um, they can hear it. It's on Spotify. Yep. It's on iTunes. Everywhere. It's on, yeah. Pretty uh, much anywhere you can. Not on Bandcamp. Sorry. No, not on Bandcamp. <laughs> uh, it's on. It's for free on YouTube yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, I just wanted to put it yeah. out there just so anyone could hear it. It's not on Trundle either, which is not a thing. It is which is why on Napster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about that the other day. Yeah, um, it was funny because I was at, I saw my younger brother yesterday, and we were talking about trying to communicate with my older brother who lives in England, mm-hmm. and I forget which service he used because he won't use any of the Meta things. Sure. And he's like, oh, you know, just download Twinkle and we can. And I was like, I've, I've never heard of that. And that's not even what the name is. I don't remember, yeah, but it's something it's so like sad. that. And I'm just like, no, just yeah. use the thing that everyone else does. But it's awesome. Well, I mean, and that's sort of the the way music, but also just pop culture in general now is there's so many things out there, so many ways mm-hmm. to get stuff like. I hear about stuff all the time. People are like, you ever seen this show? And I'm like, no, is it new? They're like, well, it's in its eighth season. I'm like, oh, never even heard on that. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's on the Back Sweat Network. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's not even a, never heard of that. Nice. Never gonna, they're like, oh, there's a two week free trial. I'm, I'm like, I'm I can't. So I, good. <laughs> I, have, I have too many things already. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for, uh, yeah. thanks for, thank you. Yeah, I about um, this. always love talking music with you. And over the past, what? Thousand years. Seven thousand years we've known yeah. each other. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really cool to actually be able to talk about something that we did. Right on. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.